tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 60. Well, you guys, sometimes as Christians, it's easy to forget that we're not alone. We're not alone. I don't know about you, but I can allow the busyness of life and all of its cares and concerns to just cause me to forget that I don't have to do life by myself. Sometimes I think that I've got to get myself together, that I've got to figure it all out. Forgetting, forgetting that Jesus lives within me by the Holy Spirit. And that if we'll just acknowledge His presence and welcome the Spirit's work, He wants to give us everything we need and everything we long for, simply because we've opened our hearts and welcomed His work. Well, it is such an honor to have you with me today, Jeannie. Welcome to the living room. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be joining you. Yeah. Oh, well, I told you before we came on that I am so excited about this book. It's called Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. And First of all, as we just begin, I, I actually listened to um, your interview with Allie Worthington on some of your other books on parenting. Uh, you've got some beautiful books on that. Can you talk about those real quick? Yes, my first book came out in 2014. It was called Parenting the Wholehearted Child. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Mom Set Free, uh, Find Relief from the Pressure to Get It All Right. Um, and everything I write is always something that I need. <laughs> so yes. it's, um, you know, anything that I share with others is something that the Lord has used to change my life and to, and to teach me more about who he is and who he is for me and who he is for my children. Um, and so, um, and I'm sure you could resonate with that, um, as an author. So, yeah, so it's, um, I was an, I'm an adoption social worker by training. I never in a million years dreamed that I'd be a writer, um, but so this is, this is proof that when we trust the Lord and what he's calling us to do, he will equip us, um, because he is, he, I've been wholly dependent on him for the words to write <laughs> for the books he's put on my heart. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, you mentioned just in passing during that interview that you were just kind of grappling with this new, a new project. Mm-hmm. And and I'm assuming it was this one. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'm remembering that conversation now. I don't think I even was willing to utter what it was about, right? It was just, right. yeah, I was feeling, I was feeling the stirring. Um, How did it come to be? You know, I was, I was, uh, if you had told me, you know, a t- hundred topics that my next book would be about, I never, ever would have put the Holy Spirit in that list. Uh, I talk about that in the introduction of the book that, uh, it was about three years ago and I was really just praying a very simple, but earnest prayer, which was Lord, I want all of you. Yeah. I want all of you. I don't want to miss out on any part of you. I want everything you have for me, whatever it, whatever it looks like, whatever it costs. I just want to live in, in such communion and such connection with you. And I don't know what I thought the answer to that prayer would be. Um, but it's, it certainly wasn't what the answer was, which is I began to have this curiosity and thirst for the Holy spirit. I became very curious about the Holy spirit. I became very thirsty to, to know who he was. Um, and honestly, I thought I, pretty much knew who he was. I was raised as a preacher's kid in a charismatic church. Um, and so I thought I understood for the most part, 
you know, what I needed to know about the Holy Spirit, but I knew so little. I knew, I knew so little. And the Lord was going to answer that prayer by really what he did was he reintroduced me to the Holy Spirit. It was this reintroduction. It was like, I know you think you know my spirit, but I want you to really know my spirit. And so uh, as I just began to study, I, in fact, one of the benefits of being a preacher's kid is I called my mom and my dad and I said, what are your favorite books on the Holy Spirit? I want, I feel like I just have this, I have this desire to get to know him more. And my mom gave me some recommendations of some great books. And then she said, honey, I'm just curious. What, like, where did this come from? What sparked this interest? And I started laughing and I said, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you know, like he is <laughs> yes. making me uh, curious. And so I just began to study scripture. I just opened my Bible and really searched for what, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Um, and, and the more I learned, the more I couldn't not write this book because I just felt like I have to share this. It's like any other book I've written. I can't keep this to myself. This yeah. is this has to be shared. I if if one other person buys it and reads it, that's okay, but I can't keep this to myself because I cannot believe that I've been following Jesus for, you know, 40 years, over 40 years or almost 40 years at that point and and I have missed out on all that the Holy Spirit is intended to do in my life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, it kind of mirrors some of my journey in that, you know, raised in a tradition where there was plenty of room for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But it but in some ways I think we we still, even though we were open to his work and the gifts of the spirit and you know, longing for the fruit of the spirit, and yet we still kind of just put him in a little box and says, This is what it is. And it's interesting that in religious traditions, you've either got one extreme where they don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit at all. Yep. Or or we kind of just have a definition of what it means to be quote unquote spirit filled. And and like you, I discovered, oh my goodness, there's so much more to it. There's so much more. Yeah. 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 I think the same was for me. I really kind of put them in the spiritual gifts box and not a in a bad way because, you know, I, you know, I I didn't, he was not his, his name and in the Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit was not abused in the church that I grew up in. It was, yeah. it was a, it was a beautiful manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of him or spooked by him. Like a lot of people are because they have been hurt by churches that have abused yeah. his name, or they've seen things done in his name that are not of him. That wasn't my experience, but I still just kind of thought, He's for the gifts of the Spirit. He produces the fruit of the Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and yet, uh, you know, there's all of these very distinct functions that He's intended to play, that He does play in our lives, um, and that He could play even more of in our lives if we are aware of His presence, if we're leaning into His presence, if we're being filled by the Spirit, like Paul tells us to do on a daily basis, just kind of welcoming His presence and His power in our lives. And then we get to really experience the fullness of God, right? Because yeah. we, when we put our trust in Jesus, we are filled with the spirit. We are given the gift of the Holy spirit. And yet so many of us are not living in the fullness of the spirit. You know, we're not really enjoying the, so many of the benefits that he came to indwell us, to give us. Wow. So what was the number one thing that you discovered that really lit you up? 
You know, one of the most interesting things for me was just reading John 14 through 16, right? These three chapters where Jesus is talking to the disciples about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, preparing them for his ascension and for the Holy Spirit to come. And I literally remember reading John six, chapter 16 and going, how have I read? I don't, I don't know how, how many times I've read the gospel of John, but it's been a lot, right? Right. How have I been reading the gospel of John my whole life? And I missed the fact that Jesus himself said to his disciples, I'm going to ascend to the Father, and it is for your good. Yeah, It is to your advantage that I go to the Father so that the Holy Spirit will come. Yes. So if Jesus says it is for our good, if, if it is for our benefit that the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us and is God's personal presence inside of us, if it's for our good, I want to know why. Why is it for my good? That's the question that really got me. And then I just couldn't stop. Just I just wanted to know more. I, I just wanted to, you know, where is the Holy Spirit at work in the Old Testament and the New Testament? And, and what are his distinct, if it's for my good, what does he do? Yeah. Um, you know, we know that, you know, the word when Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, the helper, and that word is so full of meaning that it's translated into several words. Um, but it doesn't even stop there. We know he's our standby. We know he's our advocate. We know he's our intercessor. We know he's our strengthener. We know he's our champion, but then there's even more, there's just more and more to be discovered of him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's funny when I started writing this book, I, I joked to my mom, I said, you know, I'll be lucky if I have enough information to write a pamphlet or a booklet, because that's how naive I was to the the vast and wide role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And at the end of the book, I had to cut about 25,000 words to make it digestible, exactly. but I just couldn't stop writing because I couldn't believe. Yes. I mean, the whole, the whole Christian life is sparked and sustained by the Holy Spirit. It is. Right? If we're trying to do the Christian life without the Holy Spirit, that might explain why our faith is dull or dry or why we keep getting stuck in in certain sins or, or toxic thoughts. Because if we're trying to do the Christian life without the power of Christ, we're only going to get so far. We're only going to go so deep. Oh, I so totally agree. In fact, as I was listening to you, you made it, you used a term and I'm like, oh my goodness, we've had a little bit of parallel lives. You said, I've been raised in a grace-filled church, mm -hmm. but like, like you, it was like, I, I, it was almost like I felt like God gave me this initial warm we welcome, you know, with a big hug. Yes. And then he kind of threw me in the deep end and said, sink or swim, baby, it's up to you. And so I worked, worked, worked so hard. I remember mm -hmm. being a young pastor's wife and trying to do everything God asked me and falling short and feeling so defeated. And you know what? I, I, I finally came to the end of myself and it was the best thing that God ever did mm -hmm. because it was in the coming to the end of my striving that I discovered that sweet abiding that John 15 talks about where it's it's not me doing it, but it's the life of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit that's producing the fruit and producing the joy and the peace and everything that we long for. Yes. Yeah. How is your journey in that whole respect? When I think about the the books that I've written, it's 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 actually pretty funny now that I look back and I can see what the Lord was doing. But you know, that first one was really about, like you said, discovering the grace, yeah. discovering that um 
you know, when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, um, that he meant it, it is finished. I have done for you what you could never do for yourself. But I lived so much of my life acting like his last three words were make me proud. Mm. And so there was this striving to keep him proud that he had saved me, that I was his daughter. And so the the realization of grace, um, the grace of God was so utterly transforming. I mean, when you talk about the shame was lifted, it was just this, this recognition that I was covered in the righteousness of Christ, that his perfection was mine and that I could, that I could live from his love, not for his love. Mm. Right. Yeah. And then I started writing Mom Set Free, and that was really about our freedom in Christ, where Jesus said is for freedom that Christ that I have set, you know, that Christ has set us free. And and then you go to the last book, which is about the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like I've written about the Trinity without intending to, in the sense, you know, the grace of God and our freedom in Christ and and the all and how the Christian life is fueled by the power of of the Holy Spirit. So I feel like he's kind of taking me on this journey through the Trinity in some sense, um, through the writing. And so, yeah, I resonate with that because even I think with the, one of the beautiful things about the Holy Spirit is he, um, he makes the grace of God real to us. He makes the love of God real to us, right? He makes the love of God overflow, abound in us. And so he's even the one who helps us recognize the grace of God that is for us. Um, you know, his conviction, he convicts us of sin. So he opens our eyes to our need for rescuing. Um, but then he also convicts us regarding righteousness, which means he assures us of the righteous standing that we have in Christ. And I just think that's incredible. So this is one of the beautiful things about the Holy Spirit is that he's working even when we're not aware of it. And I think that's one of the greatest and sweetest gifts that's that's been given to me in the writing of this book, that, that I have been able to look back over my life and identify where he was comforting me in really hard, painful things. I went, that was you, Holy Spirit. That was you. I didn't know it was you. I I mean, I did in the sense that I knew it was the, the peace of God and the love of God. But to think about it in terms of the spirit of God in me comforting me is, is a totally different thing. Totally different. Right. So I just, I can look back on my life now and see where he was at work convicting me or comforting me or, or praying on my behalf. And I just didn't know it. I just kind of took it for granted and didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And so I have this appreciation now that has brought this really tender, sweet intimacy in relationship with him because I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful that, that, that he was working in my life all along, but now I can not only identify it, but now I can really lean into it and, and benefit from it even more and enjoy it even more. So true. So true. You know, it's so funny because we know, you know, head knowledge says when I, when I receive Christ as my savior, the spirit of God comes and lives in me. Mm -hmm. And yet I have to confess that, that a lot of times in my Christian walk, I've acted as though God is out there somewhere rather than the spirit of God within us and just acknowledging that and and learning to discern his voice which is a lifelong journey as well but um sure is I, I'm not surprised that you ended up with a book that needed to cut 25,000 words. Because right. <laughs> when you go to the Bible, the spirit of God is from the very first verses in Genesis 
clear through the end and hovering over the water. I actually started teaching a Sunday school class on the Holy Spirit because just like you, I was really curious like to learn more. And um, what turned what was supposed to be like, you know, maybe 10 classes turned into 51 <laughs> because yes. there yep. was just so much. And so I love that you've taken this and the, the subject of the sweet Holy Spirit. And we want to say that he is a person. He's the part of the Trinity. He is God, the spirit, God, the mm-hmm. son, God, the father. But you have just kind of broken it into some beautifully digestible pieces. And I want to just kind of... Um, actually 30 of them, 30. Yeah, 30 benefits to having the Holy Spirit's presence. I I stopped at 30. (laughs) Yeah, just talking about how he empowered Jesus and how he wants to empower us and how he communicates to us and through us. What are some of the really most, um, your favorite facets of the Holy Spirit that you've discovered? I think one is what you just mentioned. I th- well, you mentioned two things that I think are really important. One, I think that a lot of Christians don't realize that when they put their trust in Jesus, God puts his spirit in them. Yeah, that's good. We don't talk about that enough. It's not part of the salvation narrative enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a beautiful thing that when we put our trust in Jesus, we receive eternal life and we, you know, we are um, you know, reconciled with God and and we are covered in the righteousness of Christ. And those are all beautiful things that happen at the moment of salvation. But we're not talking enough about the fact that also in that moment, God puts his spirit in us. Yes. And we it's not just about eternity and eternal life, it's about being empowered here and now with the spirit of the living God to walk in obedience and to experience the fruitfulness of what that obedience reaps. And so I think that's one of the big things is we have to be talking more about this gift that we are given in the spirit of God when we put our trust in Jesus so that Christians stop trying to then go live the Christian life in their own strength. Um, right. Because that's what happens to a lot of us. We, we receive Jesus, like you said, and then we, there's, there's this striving to grow in his likeness, to keep him pleased. And all the while the spirit of God is inside of us to do those things on our behalf. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I think one of the other really fascinating things that we don't talk about a lot is how Jesus was empowered by the Holy spirit. So if you look at the baptism where the dove comes and the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove and remains on Jesus. And that word remains is so important. He remains on Jesus. And so from that moment forward, Jesus, his entire ministry, his public ministry is done in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, I love how, I think it's the NIV where it literally says, Jesus, comma, full of the Holy Spirit, comma, went into the desert. It was like Mm. they were so... They were so specific about the fact that Jesus was now full of the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then, so Jesus relied on the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, In his ministry. So then you look at the disciples and Jesus says to the disciples, do not go do what I've given you to do until you have the Holy Spirit, right? Wait for it. Mm -hmm. And on Pentecost, 10 days after Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit came and filled them. And then they went full of the Holy Spirit and began to preach the gospel and do what they were given to do. So Jesus said, don't try to do this without my spirit. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. You need the filling, you know, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to do this. And so the question that really struck me was, then why do we as Christians today think we have any business doing anything whatsoever without 
relying on the Holy Spirit, right? If right. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and the disciples were told to wait for the Holy Spirit, what, we we need the Holy Spirit to do the work that God's given us to do. And yes, we can do a lot of things without relying on them, but they're so in, they're so inferior mm. to what's capable when we have spirit help, when we are letting the power of the Holy Spirit guide our lives and and um and, and empower us to really share the gospel ultimately, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, I you know, just understanding the work of the Holy Spirit to transform me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that it's that, you know, grace, I, I heard a definition of grace that changed my life because we've heard of it as, you know, unmerited favor. Mm-hmm. But but he using different scriptures brought out that grace is the power and the desire to do God's will. Yes. It's both and. Yes. And I kept trying to work up the desire. I kept trying to work up the power. And in myself, I constantly fell short. And it seems so, so little, but oh my goodness, that mental shift is so powerful it's when so we powerful. begin to be depend on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and the and really literally the life of Christ in us. That's, yeah. It's his spirit. So his life. Yeah, his spirit, like the spirit of Christ with the mind of Christ. Yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's crazy what we've been given. Yeah. Here, I love that you bring that up because we talk a lot about the saving power of grace, but we don't talk about the transforming power of grace. I right? agree. And so as the reality of what grace really is lands on us and settles on us and it, it changes us because we're so grateful. We're, we just can't believe that he would go to the extent that he did to rescue us, that he would love us when we were still sinners. And and that has transforming power because we start to obey not out of duty, but out of desire. Yeah. Like that's what grace does. It's no longer I have to or I should. It's I want to because I can't believe the way you love me. I can't believe the way you what you did to rescue me. I can't believe that you keep forgiving me and giving me new mercy every morning. And so that grace for me, and I hear it in your voice is like, that's the transforming power of grace. Like I just, Lord, I just want to keep running back to you because I can't believe the way you keep loving me. And that makes me want to change. Exactly. Well, it's almost as though, you know, the Lord says, okay, here, here, not only eternal life, but but I've also deposited this immense amount of treasure. Yes. All you have to do is access it, yeah. you know, but we go, thank you very much, Lord. And then we go try to do it on our own yeah. rather than going to the bank account, and taking it out. Or, or I, I think about my, my poor uh, phone that runs out of battery really quick. So if I need to do something important, I just need to plug it in. And, and that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I tell a story in the book about how um, I was at a conference and I plugged my phone in when I went to bed and I woke up, you know, thought it was fully charged and went into the lobby and I was ready like for a full day. And, you know, you really need your phone on days like that. And um, as I was going to my car, I realized that little yellow bar in the top right corner popped up and it was, you know, low power mode. And, you know, we'll go, we'll go to any length to fix that. Right. I mean, we'll borrow a charger from a a stranger. We'll go like buy a portable stick in the, in the gas station, like whatever we need to get that phone fully charged so that we're not working in low power mode. And yet that's what a lot of us as Christians are doing. We're functioning in that yellow zone, that low power mode, because we're not, so to speak, plugging in 
to the power of the Holy Spirit, which is already in us, but we aren't relying on it. We're not yielding to him. We're not submitting and we're, and so we're missing out on really experiencing life that overflows with hope or peace or joy or whatever it is that we need um, to, to get through life, which can be really hard, you know, really hard. (laughs) Well, especially when we do it on our own. I mean, honestly, I can tell you from personal experience, there's nothing more miserable than trying to live a holy life on your own. Oh yeah. Yeah. There just is you because you're constantly, constantly so aware of how far you're falling uh, falling short, but I, I keep thinking. Uh, we on Sunday school class, we were watching um, Case for the Creator, and Lee Strobel was talking about just the miracle of DNA and just how yeah. like everything is written into just this code. But I was reminded, you know, when when we become Christians, the Bible tells us Second Peter one three through four says that we become partakers of the divine nature. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit in us, we have spiritual DNA, D- the divine nature of God applied to our lives. But which DNA am I going to live from? Am I going to live by the Spirit or am I going to live by my flesh? Yeah. I love that you brought up that verse, right? His divine power has given us every thing we need to live a godly life. It doesn't say some things, a few things. It says his divine power has given us everything we need. Yeah. Um, that's why I like to say everything we need is inside of us. Um, but that's because we have the Holy Spirit. It's not because of what we bring to the table, right? So that's a very secular mindset. Everything I need is inside of me. It's kind of that I am female, Henry Roar, boss babes, you know, I'm, right. I am strong. I got, I got this. And, um, but, but if, when you look at it, like from a biblical perspective, it's true, but for a very different reason, everything I need is inside of me because the Holy Spirit is inside of me and he is all sufficient. He lacks nothing and he holds nothing back from God's children. And so, yes, we do have everything we need inside of us, but it's not, it's not what we bring to the table. It's what God deposits in us when we put our trust in Jesus. That's, that's incredible. It's so mind blowing, but it's kind of like they say we only, you know, like use what is it, maybe twenty percent of our mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if I use that much. But <laughs> yeah, we're both feeling that today, aren't we? But what if? And I guess that's a, that's the adventure of serving Jesus. Is I think somehow I thought I would arrive. You know, one day mm. I would be perfected, and then then it wouldn't be a struggle, and everything would be great. But the Lord, in His kindness, has constantly shown me that my my best is is not good enough. So I have to continually tap into Him, which mm-hmm. is humbling which is kind of sometimes frustrating because I'd rather be self-sufficient. And yet what I'm finding is because I need him so much, there's not only the power, but there's that sweet relationship. Mm -hmm. What does the Holy Spirit do for us uh, in drawing us closer to God? Yeah. I think one of the beautiful benefits of the Holy Spirit is the way that he does bring intimacy into our relationship with God. There's this, you know, it's like we said earlier, it, he is God's personal presence inside of us. And the Holy Spirit makes Jesus beautiful to us. Mm. He, he um, enlightens our minds to 
like we talked about before, just the extent to which he went to rescue us. And he just makes Jesus beautiful. He he takes these things that we know in our minds and he makes them settle on our hearts. He softens our hearts to God, God, the father and God, the son. And so when people have this kind of, it just feels like rote religion or I don't, you know, they're just, it feels very transactional. Um, oftentimes it's probably a sign that we are grieving the Holy Spirit, quenching mm. the Holy Spirit, or just neglecting the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because for a lot of people, you just don't know. Right. Like I just didn't know. So you're not intentionally doing these things, but nobody told you. Mm. You just haven't heard about all of the benefits of having the Holy Spirit. And so as you lean into him, as you learn his voice, as you really learn how to live in communion with the Holy Spirit throughout your day, I mean, it's the, it's, it's the greatest way to go throughout your day. Just this, this awareness, this beautiful awareness of the, of almighty God, just communing with you, living Mm -hmm. in you, just guiding you, just being your champion as you go throughout your day. Um, so yeah, I think you know, if when we long for greater intimacy with God the Father and God the Son, uh, the invitation is to really open yourself up to the work of God the Holy Spirit because yeah. He creates, He brings that. It's like He invites us into the sacred intimacy of the Trinity, really, right? I mean, I think it's I Richard Rohr who calls it the divine dance. And it's like we just get invited into this love that flows between them, that, it, it, that exists between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We get invited into that. I, I know it blows my mind. Um, I think I'm trying to think if it was Peter or Paul, but basically that we're invited in the same fellowship that the son and the father enjoy. Yeah. Like just, it's so mind blowing. And yet, like you say, we can kind of just compartmentalize our religion as something that we need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to grow. We need to be good disciples. We need to get in the word and can I just be honest? Sometimes that term just bothers me because you know what? Getting into the word without the word really coming alive in me. Yeah. I, I'm not sure just more head knowledge about biblical things is what I need. I need yeah. the transforming power of the word yeah. to meet my life and and change me and enable me to live that holy life like Titus 2, 11 and 12. And that's what the Holy Spirit does too, that's right? That. There you go. We're back to the light. I mean, that's what he does, right? He authored the Bible and he illuminates it, right? He's the one that makes it when we go to scripture, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to the truth, which you have inspired and then, and then enlighten them, highlight things for me that you need me to know today, you know, truths that need to, you know, settle on me. And so, yeah, I think when we just open the Bible and, and don't invite the Holy Spirit into that time to say, Teach me. He is right. a, he's an incredible teacher. You feel like you don't understand the Bible. You feel like you're you're, you know, it, it's intimidating to you. Mm-hmm. Ask the Holy Spirit to be yes. present and to and and open yourself up to what he wants to teach you because he will. He wants to teach you what he inspired. Yeah. Um, he's an incredible teacher. He's an incredible Bible teacher. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I was thinking of Jesus's words to the disciples at the end of his life, and he says, There's so much more I have to tell you. But, but you're not you ready. You can't bear it now. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit's going to take what is mine 
and make it known to you. So we're talking about a lifelong adventure with God. This almost this slow unfolding and this, and at least for me, it's been a slow becoming more like Jesus as the Holy Spirit, not only illuminates, but he enables me to live that holy life. And so, you know, it's like we've been given the full meal deal. I mean, really. I mean, really. Yeah. We have everything that we need, but we have to recognize it. So how do we do that, Jeannie? How do we really not only acknowledge the Holy Spirit, but learn to cooperate with him in his work? Yeah. I think it's, it is, it's not a passive thing. It is an active thing. Uh, we have to yield to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When we feel his conviction, we have to yield. We have to, like, every day I feel his conviction. Jeannie, don't say that thing. Don't do that thing. Don't drink that thing. Don't eat that thing. Don't buy that thing. Don't look at, right? Like, or it's more of a, it's a, more of a, um, yes, do that thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. say that thing. Yes, yeah. hug that child. Yes. Right. And so, we there has to be a yielding. Now, the beautiful thing is he gives us the power to yield, but we can't resist. Right. So it's like we have to cooperate. We have to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. I love right. that, that, that's, that that's an action, right? Like when, when Paul writes, stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, so there is a yielding, is, I think, is a really important piece to, yeah. um, to growth, Um I think prayer is a really important piece to growth. Just being, um, you know, actively praying and seeking for his power, for the willingness to obey, for the desire to obey. Um, you know, when you think about like when Paul writes about don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, and that became very real to me in the writing of the book, because when you say, well, what grieves the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul kindly answers that in the very next b- verse by when he says, get rid of all bitterness and anger and malice and slander. And um, and then you say, okay, well, then how do I not grieve the Holy Spirit? And he answers it in the next verse, right? I love Be it. tenderhearted to one another. Forgiving mm-hmm. one another is um, you've been forgiven in Christ. And so there are there are pretty clear um, ways in which we are guided in growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit in ways that we impede that work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, Galatians is a great, you know, just even Galatians like one through chapters one through five are so full of really helpful um, scripture to guide us in how to grow in um, setting our minds on the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, letting our lives be guided by the spirit. So if anybody's listening and is really curious, you know, that would be a great place to open the Bible and, and read a little bit about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives in that sense. I love that suggestion. For me, I think the Bible started coming alive when I slowed down and kind of Mm. lived in, especially those epistles from Paul. I don't know why they're just so thick and rich. Yeah. You know, you can't just rush through them. It's like, okay, how do I live out these couple of verses? And But I want to just bring us back because I can hear someone out there saying, yeah, yeah, I, I know that the Holy Spirit lives in me, but I don't know how to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think sometimes just like, giving a little bit of an example of how have you learned? Because I remember I was a 28-year-old pastor's wife, and I got offended when people said, God told me this and God told me that, because yeah. I didn't think I was hearing His voice. Yeah, How have you learned to discern His voice in your life? 
Yeah, there's two chapters in the book. One is called He Communicates With Us, and then the next one is He Communicates Through Us. So two really beautiful benefits of having the Holy Spirit that He actually, as Jesus said, He will speak what He receives from me. So Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would speak to us on behalf of the Father and the Son what we need to know. Um, and then he also communicates through us. We can we can literally communicate in spirit, taught spirit, given words, just like Jesus told the disciples, he will tell you what to say so that the power of your words will point to the person of Christ and not to human wisdom. So these are things that are available to us as Christians. Now, do I hear like an audible voice? I do not. But when when a when something when a thought comes through my mind when I'm either praying or seeking the Lord that I know is not of me, like I wouldn't have thought that or said right. that, um, is is one way that I go that and you also just learn his voice like when yeah. you grow. You just that that's how the Holy Spirit would speak because you you have the a voice of the advocate. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. So does this sound like an advocate, somebody who advocates and champions me, or does this sound like the accuser? That's Good. Does it sound like the enemy who condemns and shames? So you hold what you're hearing up to those. That's you know one way you can tell. Is this something an advocate would say or something an accuser would say? Wow. And then we and then we test it against the word of God. We always have to test what we sense yeah. with what the word of God says. Right. Because the Holy Spirit will never speak in contradiction to the word of God. It's always absolutely aligned with truth. He speaks truth and only truth. He is the spirit of truth. So we we test it against the word of God. We say, well, does that sound like the advocate or the accuser? For me, it's that's a that's just not a thought w- that would come to my mind. For example, mm-hmm. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord on a really hard day about my, my children um, and just the lack of Christian community that my kids have in the area that we live in. It's very lonely um, and very hard for, I have five boys to follow Jesus and have a vibrant faith without a rich, even though we have an incredible church community, there's just not a lot of boys their age or any mm. who are following Jesus. So it's, I was really lamenting, Lord, you know, why do you have us living here and you're not, and, and we want to be salt and light for you, but you're, where is the community for my boys? Where is that, you know, what are you doing for them? Where are you really just crying out? And, and the thought that came through my mind was, Jeannie, I don't have you living here to let your boys down. Yeah. And I'm, that was not that I was not going to conjure up that thought, right? You know, like that was not my prayer to him in that moment. But he, but that those words came through my mind, an audible voice, no, but those words went through my mind, and I was like, and I just, the, I just the the relief and the and the hope that filled my spirit in that moment, you know, was 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 supernatural. Yes. Yes. Because he spoke to me and he said, I have, I don't have you living here mm. to let your children down, to let your boys down. Yeah. Now, does it look like what I want it to look like still? No, it doesn't. But I trust him. I have to trust him. And the Holy Spirit helps me trust him. So that's just an example of, you know, when something comes through our mind and then it, does that sound like the voice of the advocate? It does. Does that align with what scripture says about God's faithfulness to my family? It does. Yeah. Um. And then I also think we we take though he speaks through nudges. I believe that, like what we were talking about before, like you know, hold your tongue or you know, let that person in front of you because she needs to bless whatever. The smallest things to the biggest things. Those nudges, the Holy Spirit moving in us, kind of guiding us, kind of yeah. leading us to live in Christ-like ways. And then we can 
we can heed that and benefit from it, or we can ignore it. And as I say in the book, and then clean up the mess, right? Because when I ignore his conviction, it's usually a mess that I have to clean up, right? Right, right. Well, you know, for me too, it's been, it's been exactly that never an audible voice, although that would be so cool. But um, for me, almost it was learning to acknowledge, I think this is you, God, Mm-hmm. And then later finding out, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. you know, so it's almost like hindsight's twenty twenty, And so we do, we're like, I-, I felt like it was the Lord. And so I obeyed. And, and that's a beautiful thing too, you know, as we're learning to hear his voice, you know, he's so patient and kind and he'll teach us as we go. But it's, yeah. I-, I think that's one of the lies of the enemy is that, well, other people hear his voice, but I can't. Yeah. And so being willing to just almost enroll in, in the school of learning to hear the Spirit's voice is so important. Yes. He wants to, whoever you are, he wants to speak to you. Yeah. He wants to lead you. And he probably is. Yes. And we're just not listening. Or acknowledging. Or we're too afraid to say, could that be God? Would God really lead me? Yes. If you, the Scripture is really clear. I mean, it is one of the benefits of being a Christ follower is the spirit of God guides you through your life. So it's not for the super spiritual. It's not for the Amen. super knowledgeable. It's not just for the teachers and preachers and leaders. It is for the person who put their trust in Jesus five seconds ago, as much as it's for the person who put their trust in Jesus 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, he wants to lead you and he's inviting you to listen. And that's what the Holy spirit does. Amen. Amen. Oh, I could talk to you forever, but you brought up something that I really want us just to spend just a few minutes on, and that is our kids. Our yeah. kids. And I'm so excited because you have a new study coming out from Lifeway called Never Alone Parenting in the Power of the Holy Spirit. Because yeah. I'm just telling you, there is a difference when we parent in the flesh and when yes. we parent in the spirit. Oh, yes. And my kids are really clear on the difference. They know mom in the flesh and they know mom in the spirit. You know, it's not it's not hard to tell them apart, right? Right, right. Yeah. Tell us what you've learned about parenting in the power of the Holy Spirit. I think it's what I've learned about just living in the power of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that um, the fruit in my life is, um, you know, is there when I am relying on the Holy Spirit, when I am literally abiding and, and, and yielding. Um, And, and it, the fruit that I yield looks very different when I'm not. Um, And so I, you know, it's, we mamas want to get it right. Yeah. Right. We so desperately want to get it right for our kids because we love them so much. And we take on so much that the Lord never intended us to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, so much pressure and responsibility that really is ultimately the Holy Spirit's in their lives. I agree. And that is an incredibly freeing thing to discover and to embrace. It, it, well, let me say that differently. Some days it's very frustrating because I want to be able to play the role of the Holy Spirit in their lives, right? I want to control the outcome of my effort, right? Because we are called to, to the effort part, but the gospel is not anti-effort, right? Effort is important, but, um, but we don't control the outcome. That is the Holy Spirit. So we can plant seeds of faith. We must, we should plant seeds of faith in our children's lives. Um, but we don't grow that fruit. We don't produce the fruit from the seeds we plant. And so that is the Holy Spirit's work. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to open my boy's eyes to the love of Jesus. I mean, the Holy Spirit sparks our faith. Yeah. 
So I can tell my children about the love of Jesus. I can let them see the way the love of Jesus has changed me, but only the Holy Spirit. There's no persuasive speech that can open the eyes of my children's hearts to Jesus. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. So he opens their eyes to Jesus. He's the one who sanctifies them. He's the one who strengthens them. And so as I learn the role of the Holy Spirit in my children's lives, it frees me. It changes my posture as a mom that I get to partner with the Holy Spirit, but I don't get to produce the results of my effort. So we, we, we open our hands, right? We, Mm -hmm. these clenched fists that are trying to control outcomes. Now those hands are opened and we're saying, my only option here is to trust you. And if I know anything about you, it's that you're trustworthy. So it's learning how to trust the Holy Spirit's work as we faithfully give our kids the gospel and teach them about the grace of God. And that's a lot of what mom set free Bible study was about, but now it's about, okay, how do, what does that look like though, to have the Holy Spirit really lead us and empower us to do that? Um, okay. So I'm excited for moms to really spend seven weeks getting to know the power of the Holy Spirit to help us do what we now know is true, but it's still really hard to walk out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, you definitely need to check that out. It's from, going to come out in December, 2021. And, yeah. um, and also you've got some things on your website that can kind of give them a taste of don't miss out. Can you tell them about that? We do. So we have, um, you can download the introduction in the first chapter for free. Um, And we've put together an incredible book club kit. So it's a discussion guide and all the tools that you would need as a leader, if you wanted to be the leader, or if you just want a book club kit, you know, discussion guide to go throughout the book, to go deeper and to ask questions and to really wrestle with what you're learning. So there's, that's a free resource on my website as well. Um, And that goes with the book. Um, And then I wrote five reflections on the Holy Spirit. So it's a free download and it's just, um, you know, five things about the Holy Spirit. I took five of the 30 and just made very short uh, reflections, prayers with scripture. Uh, Kind of, it's almost like a little foretaste, just a bite-sized introduction of who the Holy Spirit is. So maybe you're listening and you know the Holy Spirit well, but you're curious, or maybe this is really the first time you've heard people talk about the Holy Spirit like this, and you just don't know where to start. Um, And that's another free resource on my site that might introduce you to him in an entirely new way um, than you've thought about him in the past. I love it. Well, we'll have all of those links at the show notes, but awesome. You know, I, I can just, um, I can just feel almost some of those girls out there that are like, I just have kind of been taught that the Holy Spirit isn't for today and Mm -hmm. um, that I'm almost kind of scared of him. It feels a little mysterious. I've seen abuses of it. Um, I just wonder, as we close, would you pray? But I also want you to pray for the girls who feel very, very comfortable with the Holy Spirit, but they haven't realized, or maybe, maybe they do realize that there's more and they want to know him better. There's always more. There's always more with God, right? Oh, there is. That's what's so exciting. There's always more. Yeah. Yeah. Would you go ahead and pray for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you um, take up residence inside of our hearts so that we are never alone. We are never without what we need. 
um, that you are a permanent presence, that you will never leave us or forsake us on our worst days. Um, you stay, you keep, you keep giving us grace and molding us more into your image through your spirit. And so father, for those of us who, um, have, you know, have trust issues with the Holy spirit, I pray that you would, um, just open our hearts up to the beauty of your spirit. Um, we know that, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, you were three in one. And so God, if you are good and Jesus, you are good. Then we know the Holy spirit is good because you are, you share the same character. You share the same essence. You are inseparable and you work inseparably in our lives. And, and so we just want to know the fullness of you, God. We want to know your presence. We want to know your power. Um, and so we want to know the Holy spirit so that we don't miss out on, on knowing all of you. Um, and so Lord, we just pray that you'd open our hearts afresh today to who your spirit is, what he wants to do in our lives so that we don't miss out on knowing all of you, God, in such a beautiful, intimate way. We just thank you that you welcome us into that relationship. It's, it's, um, it's the greatest gift. It's the, it's a priceless treasure and we don't want to miss it. It's a privilege to have your spirit living in us. So help us not, you know, forfeit the benefits of that. And so, uh, Lord, we just give you thanks. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, to reconcile us to you. We thank you for sending your spirit uh, to fill us with your resurrection power so that we um, don't have to walk out this Christian life without you. And uh, we just love you. We love you so much. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much for being with us, Jeannie. My pleasure. I'm so glad we got to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Oh, me too. I was just reminded of a quote that I read from Ken Gear many years ago. He said, I've discovered it's not how intensely I struggle, but how completely I surrender. Hmm. And you mentioned that over and over, and I found it true in my life. The more I yield, <laughs> yeah. the more I say, God, I, I want all of you in all of me. And so I give mm-hmm. you my entire life. That's, that's so attractive to the Lord, that hungry heart. That's the best life. Amen. Thank you again for being with us. Yep, my pleasure. Well, I hope you were encouraged today. I hope your eyes were opened to the incredible riches that have already been made available to you through the third person of the Trinity. You'll just give him more access to your heart and your mind and your life than ever before. Well, you guys, I hope you'll visit the show notes over at joannaweaverbooks.com. Order Jeannie's new book and then pre-order her parenting Bible study from Lifeway that comes out in December. Because you guys, the Holy Spirit of God has everything that we need. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible tells us, that is already dwelling within us and wants to quicken our mortal body. In Peter's epistle, he wrote these words that we've been given everything needed pertaining to life and godliness. As we just open our heart to the Holy Spirit's work, He wants to lead and guide us. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us power to overcome. And more than that, He wants to make Jesus in the Bible come alive to our hearts and our minds. Because as we walk according to the Spirit, well, we're not going to fall into sin like we used to. We're not going to fall into the traps that the enemy sets. Because the Holy Spirit is changing us from the inside out, helping us live and love and lead like Jesus. See you next time, my friend.